Hello, Stitchers. Welcome to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. I'm a fourth generation sewing enthusiast with more than 20 years of sewing experience. I am looking forward to today's conversation. So sit back, relax, and get ready to get your stitch together. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Stitch Please podcast. And as I say every week, this is a very special episode because this episode is bringing us Jennifer Oldham from Her Hoop Dreams. Thank you, Jennifer, for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) I am so excited. The reason, y'all, that I invited Jennifer to the podcast was a personal reason. And that personal reason was that she had made an embroidery hoop design. She had stitched a beautiful embroidery hoop design that I was convinced was of my sister. And I wondered, wait a minute, how she got one and I didn't get one. Is this something we're doing? Did mama order this? Where did this come from? And then I had to have an entire podcast episode to satisfy that curiosity. Turns out this was actually not my sister, but that Jennifer had created an image so beautiful where I think you look at it and that black women, that black folks, we are meant to look at this work and see our sisters and to see ourselves. And so thank you, Jennifer, for being with us. I want to know your sewing story. You make these beautiful pieces. How did you get started? So that is an interesting question. I was at the phase of life I'm in now. My husband is partially responsible for me starting to embroider. So there was a day I was on Instagram and I was just like scrolling through and I had seen this beautiful It was a nature's thing. There was like a sunset and these gorgeous clouds and this like, I think there was a river flowing through it. I thought Mm -hmm. it was amazing. So he's next to me and I handed my phone. I'm like, look at this. Like, look, it's beautiful. And he's like, yeah, that's cool. You know, like. (laughs) Whatever. You could do that. Well, I mean, that's more or less what happened. So holiday season's coming up and I had saved this particular piece in my Instagram. I was thinking of it in terms of like, does this artist sell her things? This would be a lovely thing to add to our home. And I just saved it and moved on. Okay, so fast forward, Christmas comes and goes. It's January. It's 2022. It's around, I think it's like January 25th. I'm pretty sure it was exactly a month after Christmas. So one of our Christmas presents arrived very late. And I'm sorry it took so long, but here it is. And so I have no idea like what this could be. My husband's a great gift giver. And also gives me random things that I don't necessarily know that I need until I enjoy them. Oh, wow. That makes for a fun gift giver for sure. It does. He's very intentional about it. But I'm like, this could be anything. I don't know what's in this package. So I open this package and it is an embroidery hoop with a pattern. There are three different hoops. It's a kit, three different kits in there. And I'm like genuinely confused, like genuinely. So I was like, why did you buy me this? <laughs> and he was like, well, you had a very strong reaction to the piece that you saw that's similar to this. And so I was thinking, he said, I've never seen you respond to anything that way before. And so oh. I was thinking maybe you'd like to try it. And I was very <gasps> like, what? <laughs> like, I didn't want to try it. I wanted to purchase it. I've got this kit scattered because I'm sitting on my bedroom on the bed. I've got the pieces that comes with like the floss pre-cut and it's got the canvas with the design on it. 
and the hoop and everything. And so I'm looking like as he's telling me this, I'm just taking things out and laying them down and just like, okay, sure. I'm trying to read the directions. I have no idea where he ordered it from, but they're all in an Asian language. Okay. So I'm like, well, I am not a person who can look at directions without images and figure it out. It drives me insane. I'm like, words are important. I need words. Please describe whatever I'm supposed to do. Okay, that's right. This is like, I don't know what to do here. Well, there's a QR code for you to scan. Oh. So at first we try, well, I scan the QR code. This video comes up. This woman, still not speaking English. She's explaining what she's doing. I'm watching her, but I'm like, oh my gosh, it's happening. Okay. So my husband gets his phone and turns on Google Translate to see if he can translate what she's saying. So I'm getting like every fourth word. So I start to try. Like I just kind of start to try a little bit. And I'm like, I guess this is how this goes. But I don't know what she's saying. I can kind of see what she's doing. I'll try it. I will see what happens. And so I tried it and I liked it. And that is how that got started with a gift. It started with a gift. And what I love about the story is that you talk about your spouse as an excellent gift giver, that he's an excellent gift giver. But actually, you are also a very generous person as well. You are an excellent gift receiver because what I heard in your story was that you really just wanted to buy that cool embroidery design. You were asking for a gift made of that already made. And instead, it goes from being a gift, here's a thing you can have that was made by someone else, to now you are going to embark on an entire independent learning series that involves learning a particular craft in a language other than your own, in a language that doesn't even have the same base. It's not like it's French or Spanish or, you know, some of those things that have the same Latin connection. It's totally different, but you did it. And now you are at this stage where you are creating things from your needle and thread that are a reflection of so much Black beauty, so much patience, so much just intricate detail. You said that your mother sewed. You said you grew up going to Hancock Fabrics and being dragged from one fabric store to the next. And now here you are into a version of needle arts. Uh, how's that transformation been? I think my mother is stunned, frankly. But <laughs> Your mother is stunned. She's like, what happened to my child? What is happening here? That has been an interesting transition. My mother sewed clothing a lot when I was growing up. So she always had some kind of design. I remember learning to choose patterns. Wow. And we would go and I would help her look through the numbers and find the things and flipping through the books and terminology. She would be like, this is the bias. And I was thinking, like, I don't even know what this is. And I don't <laughs> even know if I care that much. But like my favorite part of going to Hancock was to play with the fur. Oh, what do you call them? The boas. Oh, they had fur boas. So I just wanted to go like shake my shoulders and shimmy a little in the store. The slogan of the Stitch Please podcast is that we will help you get your stitch together. And now we're bringing it to you in a new way. The Stitch is a newsletter from Black Women's Stitch, and I am delighted to tell you about it. What do you get when you sign up for the Black Women's Stitch newsletter? You get to hear what's happening with Black Women's Stitch in the Stitch Please podcast. 
events that we've had, events that are coming up, contests for prizes, live shows, social media meetups, IRL meetups, episodes of the podcast that you might have missed, as well as opportunities to learn and sew in community with other Black makers across the country and across the world. You'll learn also about some actual stitches. We will help you get your stitch together with continuing education for your sewing life. Oh my goodness, y'all, I am so excited for this newsletter. It's always things I want to tell you, you know, but how? Well, now we have the stitch. Sign up using the link in the show notes or on our website. We look forward to helping you get your stitch together soon. This fabric store is actually my costume shop and I come here to rehearse. That is why I'm here, just for that purpose. She made a lot of things. I had a lot of, mostly clothes. So I had a lot of outfits that she made that I wore. And so I wasn't that interested in sewing. Like I made a couple of little doll clothes, just a little bit, not too much. I had this toy sewing machine that didn't really do much, but I liked to press the footer. I think it was the idea of like, I'm doing what my mom is doing for a while, Yes. And so in high school, like she made sure I knew how to at least hem things, mend things, patch up things, but it just wasn't something that I was into. So in high school, I had home ec and we spent a portion of that sewing. So I think the first semester was cooking. So we learned to food safety and all those things. And then we did sewing. And so we had to pick our fabric. So we had to go to the fabric store. Now I'm in the fabric store like, for something for me. Uh, that's a big change. Which was different. <laughs> different, you know, other than like getting those scraps. We had to learn how to put in elastic. And I remember thinking sewing was so hard that like, even though my mom did it and we did it at school, like I have to make sure things are aligned a specific way or else the pant legs too tight. I made shorts. That was the thing. I still have the short. I feel like I gave it as much as my teenage self could have given. In that. That's right. And so I kind of let it go after that. I just was not interested in making any kind of clothing. And then when my husband and I got married, we were very broke. We had zero dollars. We probably had negative dollars. I was trying to figure out how to make our apartment homey. Yes. And so the thing was, we need curtains. There's no fabric. It's very much like it's bland. We have white walls. We have very sparse furniture. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, we need curtains and we need placemat. Yes. Someone had given me some napkin rings. So I'm like, I guess I need napkins. Napkins for the rings. <laughs> I mean, what is it? People giving you gifts that you have to make stuff for. Like you see an embroidery hoop and you're like, oh, this is really pretty. Your husband says, here is 700 pieces of floss, seven needles and Google Translate. And then you get married and it's like, here are some rings for 12 napkins. We are also not giving you what just was to put in there, your paper towels. Like what? I was like, so I guess like I'm a grown up now. I should have yes. napkins, I guess. Sure. I was like, well, we don't have a lot of money. Of all the things we would have spent money on, it would not have been curtains. So I'm like, well, I can sew well enough to make us some curtains. We just need window covering. So I did that. I made the placemat. We had a little napkin situation going on. These rings that did not last long. We were not people that needed napkins with napkin rings. We were like 23 and 21 years old. And there was just no need for that for the people we were then. 
So I did that. And then that was really it. Throughout the years, there may be a pillow here and there I would make. Fairly easy thing to do. And my mom would ask me, she was like, I'm waiting for you to like start the sew. And I'm like, well, keep waiting. This is not like something I'm about to do. So. <laughs> and so now here you are. I mean, we can look at these images and say, huh. That's interesting for somebody who said that they were never going to sew because that looks like something that somebody made with a needle and some thread and some fabric and a hoop that they might have got at a fabric store. I mean, I just don't know. What is this? What am I looking at here? This gorgeous piece. So I'll tell you about that piece. But also, even now, I still take things to my mother's house for her to sew them. Wow. Like I'm like, Grandma, you'll do this. So you just take it to grandma's house. You like you bring her one of her grandchildren and she's so happy to see the child. And then you just like slide a bag of pants that need to be hemmed and give it to the baby. And the baby's like, mama's. And girl, let me get your mama's number. Her sewing machine is always out. I don't sew to the point that mine is like locked in the closet somewhere. I don't fool with it. So that's part of the difference. Now, wow, wow. We are all on the program, very excited and excited for this wonderful story, your sewing story. Also, many of us, I'm sure, feeling great deals of sympathy for your mama, who has a daughter who is absolutely capable of sewing something for herself. But you know what? At the end of the day, just don't feel like it. Well, I'm sure that's not true. It sounds like you got, you know, other responsibilities. And if you want your sewing to be your piece, would probably want to concentrate more on things like this and less on things like hemming the pants. This is a gorgeous piece. It looks like a sunbathing beauty. Tell me what this piece is called, if it has a name, and what were your motivations behind creating it? It's really wonderful. So I really struggle to name my pieces. Like a lot, like to the point where oftentimes I'm like, I'll just go with something that's in there. I'm like, it's just glasses. That's all it is. Cause I don't know what else. <laughs> glasses. Wow. All her glasses. At Y'all, the if you are a Patreon supporter, thank you. Thank you very much for being a Patreon supporter. And also, if you're a Patreon supporter, you get to see this image and how Jennifer's here calling this person in this hoop glasses is hilarity. It is an utter hilarity that this is the name she created. <laughs> okay, glasses. I may change it. Well, you know, I need to give it some more thought. Listen, if you want to call a piece glasses, call it glasses. You can make another one exactly like it. Well, not exactly, but make another one and call it something else. I don't know. I think she's giving you a little side eye. She definitely is. What's probably the real name? This is as I see you, you know, over yes. there. There we yes. I know you looking. I know you looking. Yeah. Or something like you can't see for looking. (laughs) Love that. So that was actually inspired by a digital coloring sheet. I think I mentioned in there, there's this app on there where you can color on your phone or on a device. Okay. And they had this image very similar to this woman. And I kept looking at the way the hair was drawn. And so I remember thinking like, well, I wonder if I can add a little bit of um, like a gradient in the hair. And so that was the challenge for me. I was like, I'm going to try this hair. I love hair that is in all kinds of non-traditional colors. My hair has been a lot of colors. Yes, you were saying it was purple at one point. It was purple last year. All right. (laughs) And it's pink now. I don't know if you can tell, but it's pink now. It's lovely. Thank you. So I was really taken with the idea of like trying to infuse that into the hair. And so there's always a piece. Every piece has a part where I'm like, this is going to challenge me a lot to make this happen. 
So that was it. And then at the end of it, I can't even remember how long it took me to do. I felt like it needed beads. I like she needs something on her wrist. I like yes. that 3D element to yes. some, something touchable, tangible. Yes. So that was how we got Miss Side Eye over here. I love this. Well done. I think it's so beautiful. And it brings me to another point about your work that I feel is so rich. And that is the detail. If you look at this eye, what I'm showing is a close up of an eye that Jennifer has stitched. And just at a quick glance, I see four different colors and there might be five. I see pink. I see black. I see white. I see two different browns. There is a lot at work in this image and is giving dimension and depth, even though it doesn't have the 3D element of beads. It looks like you were able to get a lot of depth with just the stitching. Can you talk a little bit about the process? Because I don't think this eye is huge because if I did it, it would have to be like six feet tall. But I bet this is like a regular eye size, probably. Can you talk about this lovely piece? Sure. I will say that I have never been so proud of an eyeball in my life. (laughs) So <laughs> it actually goes to bigger piece that I have to post probably this week. It belongs to a whole face. And I kept looking at this face and I was like, I got to do these eyes in a specific way. And so I got really frustrated. I did this eye three times because the first time I did it, I was like, trash, don't like it. Not really sure what this is supposed to be. It's not doing what I want it to do. The back stitch is a reinforcing stitch sewn by hand or stitched by machine. The back stitch is a return with a purpose. On the Stitch Please podcast, our new backstitch series will recall early and or favorite episodes of the podcast. And the best news, it's hosted by you. Yes, you. Thank you, you. Do you have a favorite Stitch Please podcast episode? Let us know by leaving a voice memo on our website. Five minutes max. Let us know what episodes you love and why other people will love it too. And if we use your message on the show, you will receive an honoraria. So remember, the backstitch makes us seem stronger. Leave us a message so that your contribution can make the Stitch Please podcast that much stronger. You can find the link at the blackwomenstitch.org website or just click on it in the show notes for this episode. My younger daughter was around me a lot of times I was working on this eye. She'd be busy and she'd color and she's doing something. I would stop her and turn her face toward mine. I'm like, look at me. And she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I am trying to see how an actual huge eyeball looks. Because when I Googled how to embroider eyes, I got things that I did not want to create. There were different styles. There were different purposes. It just wasn't what I wanted. And so I said, okay, I'm going to have to figure this out by just organically looking in people's eyes. Which is a little strange and can be more intimate than people want. So I kept it limited to the people in my house. But I started with the outline, which was the easy part. And I had done the creases underneath to give a little depth. I knew that the pink in the corners was going to be fine. That was going to be easy. Something in creating the pupil that I wanted to get just right. We just had to try it. And I had an idea in my head about how to do it, but I wasn't sure if it would work. And so I just went for it. And then I was like, I think it's coming together. And I kept going back to my daughter and be like, let me see your eye. Like, what? 
Come here. <laughs> Open your eye again. Again? One, yes, again. One more time. That's what I look like. Okay. And so it took hours. I don't think that I expected, I definitely did not expect for it to take as long as it did. But when I was finally done, I was like, okay, this is it. This is the eyeball. Wow. <laughs> and now I can replicate. And did you have to change needle sizes? Was that something that you needed to do in order for this to be effective? I did. My original needle was too big. And that was a part of the problem. But I okay. picked a very thin, shorter one. I think I used the same needle the whole time. Well, I think I used the bigger one on the like the under eye portion of it. Okay. But for the other parts, I used the very thin needle and it was just lots of like little, little, little ditches. It's really beautiful. It's so stunning. And did you say what size it was? Like how big is that? How big is the actual eye? Yes. A quarter? About that. Yeah, <gasps> roughly quarter size. Oh my gosh, that's so tiny. It's so tiny. That is really tiny. I appreciate the way you talk about your process. And I was looking at this piece right here and you were saying that this was one that was really meaningful to you because it was like a self-portrait. This is an image of a Black woman in a beautiful bright yellow shirt and floral pants sitting down and embroidering. It's very meta, like you embroidering yourself and then me looking at it as Black women stitching. I'm like, oh, look, it's a Black woman stitching. It's just so much. And this is what I was saying before about looking at your work and feeling like, yes, I can see my sister in this because we're meant to see our sisters in this, in your work and to see ourselves. Can you talk about this gorgeous piece? Yeah, sure. I think at the point at which I was doing this, I want to say it was after my birthday last year. A part of the journey that I'm on is, I think, one, unlearning things that don't fit who I am now and recreating myself. Yes. Or creating myself for, I think, probably oh, one of yes. the first times being intentional about that. And so this, I actually, there is a lady on Etsy because I cannot remember right now. She has pattern and she had a lot of different ones that were like this, that were of people embroidering, which I thought was fascinating. And so I usually, now I don't really use patterns, but back then I was like, well, this is interesting. And she had different hair textures, different body sizes, different genders. So I was taken with that idea. And I was like, you know what? I see myself in this, but I don't see myself in it yet. So there is a little bit of like, I am emerging in this. So let me make it me. When I started this, I was like, all right, for those of you who can see me, this golden yellow color is one of my favorite colors. It's a very warm color. I love it. And so I have a shirt. I actually have a shirt that is that color and that has these pearls on it. It is a color that I love to wear. And I have these pants and I was like, okay, so I am going to make this look like me, which was one of the things I think I struggled with when I started to try to look at what already existed that looked like people. Did I necessarily see people that look like me? So I was like, all right, I'm going to make this as close to looking like me as it can. And so I knew the challenge was going to be the hair, because at that time, my hair was dyed just like this. It was darker purple at the top. It was fading into a lighter shade at the bottom. And I was determined that I was going to recreate this. <laughs> And I was going to make this hair look as close to the way my own hair looked at that point. I love and that. And so that was it. That was the inspiration for it. I was like, this is my year. This is my time. This is my phase of life. Finding me, rediscovering me, taking the pieces that still work. I mean, basically ditching them together. It's so beautiful because the way you talk about learning 
and unlearning. All of these are such vital elements of what it means to just exist in this world. And you have given us a model for putting that not like on stage or not like on a social media Instagram type thing where that feels sometimes so forced, but it really is making something really permanent and beautiful and taking the time to do so. And that's one of the things I really appreciate, the kind of the care and detail about your work. Thank you. Sometimes people have asked me, like, how do you decide what to make? I'm like, it's really just whatever I'm interested in at the moment. Like, there is no rhyme or reason. Just like, I want to make that. So I'm going to make that, which is very freeing because there aren't a lot of spaces, I think, in our daily lives where we can just do what we want. Sometimes there may be pockets of that, but it feels like with this particular medium, I can just do what I want. And it feels very free. It feels very calming. Sometimes feel a little bit more control when things feel out of control. I can absolutely see the therapeutic element of what it would mean to stitch in this way, to build up something like this and to work on it piece by piece by piece. Especially it can become a contemplative process as well, because you're thinking and reflecting as you go, that can be a meditative practice as a form of meditation itself. I'm going to sit and be in the zone and keep my eye on my eyeball that I'm stitching or on this beautiful seated cross-legged embroidery design that you've created. It's really wonderful. I wanted to ask you the question we asked all of our guests. The time has flown by. I do not know what happened. This has been the fastest interview I've ever done. I want to know, though, the slogan of the Stitch Please podcast is that we will help you get your stitch together. Jennifer of Her Hoop Dreams, what advice would you give to our listeners to help us get our stitch together? Oh, I feel like that's a big question. I think one of the things that matters both in sewing and in life is to have boundaries, to stay within the lines that you create for yourself, not necessarily that other people have created for you. To make time to play and play for people is different, but play is to me just as vital as breathing. So make time to play, exercise your boundaries, create your boundaries for yourself, honor other people's boundaries, and just enjoy yourself. Wow. Wow. That's perfect. I mean, on that note, thank you so much, Jennifer, for this amazing conversation today. We are so grateful that you were able to spend time with us. Really, I feel like I learned a lot and I know other folks did too. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me. This was great. I feel like we could talk for like a lot longer. Agreed. This is the first episode. (laughs) Sequel! (laughs) Yes! You've been listening to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. We appreciate you joining us this week and every week for stories that center Black women, girls, and femmes in sewing. We invite you to join the Black Women Stitch Patreon community with giving levels beginning at $5 a month. Your contributions help us bring the Stitch Please podcast to you every week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. And come back next week and we'll help you get your stitch together. Stitch together.